You are listening to Books Are My People, a podcast for book lovers with book news, recommendations, and ruminations on living a literary life in Los Angeles. I'm Jennifer Calagaris, and this is episode 81. I'm recording on Friday, August 5th. I finished another rotation around the sun. I turned 46 on August 2nd, but what is age anyways? I'm currently swimming in a sea of books. I have a really busy September and October coming up, so I'm trying to get ahead on my reading now while I still have the time. Thank you so much for all of your COVID well wishes. I so appreciate it. I'm doing much better now, but incredibly still not back to normal. I'm down to two inhalers. It went right into my lungs and just really feels substantially exhausted. So if anyone has any COVID recovery tips, feel free to send them my way. And in other news, my husband finally lost a tooth after all these years playing hockey. He has broken his jaw before, he's had a million other injuries, but his teeth had miraculously remained intact until now. So fake tooth coming his way soon. It feels a bit like a rite of passage at this point. I want to know what you're reading, so I'm offering a new segment on the show, but only if people participate. If you'd like, you can record yourself in a 30-second to one-minute segment recommending a favorite recent read. All you have to do is record yourself and send it over to booksaremypeople at gmail.com. Feel free to include your name in the recording. First name is fine. What city and state you live in, you can tell us what you do for a living if you'd like, the name of the book you're recommending, and a concise sentence or two about the book and what you loved about it. I thought it might be fun to hear from listeners about what you all are reading. This fall, I'm going to be teaching beginning novel writing, and I currently have two spots available. I have published three novels, and I also teach creative writing at UCLA Extension Writers Program, but this class is a private class. So if you're interested in writing a novel, then this may be the class for you. This is an online asynchronous class that is eight weeks long. We'll cover various topics pertaining to novel writing, such as character, plot, point of view, dialogue, and much more. You will also be asked to read a novel in the genre in which you are writing so that you can dissect it as you learn. I will be teaching intermediate novel writing in January and advanced novel writing next spring. So you can take the beginning course and then stick around all year and leave with up to 130 pages of your novel written by May. To find out more about my classes, editing services, and workshop club, please visit jennifercalogaris.com and go to the coaching and classes tab. I'll leave a link in the show notes and I'd love to see you in class. Beginning novel writing starts September 5th and runs until October 28th, and you can also sign up for my newsletter at jennifercalogaris.com, and I will send updates about classes I'm teaching just three times a year. It's the best way to keep up with my schedule. And now it's time for some bookish news. I recently read a Help Wanted ad for a year-long contract for a bookseller on the remote island of Kanfanadhu in the Indian Ocean, and hopefully prospective booksellers like being barefoot because no shoes are allowed on the island. The motto of the island is no shoes, no news. The bookshop is at the Soniva Fushi Resort, and oh my goodness, I would totally take this job for a year. They are looking for someone to make personalized book recommendations as well as run the bookshop, so book selling or publishing experience is a plus. 
and I guess that takes me out of the running as I have never worked as a bookseller. This job includes accommodations and meals in addition to $750 a month. Obama's summer reading recommendation list came out recently, and I was so excited by his picks. I've read five of the 14 picks and have three additional books of his on my bedside table waiting to be read. The five that he selected that I have previously talked about on this show include Jennifer Egan's The Candy House, Black Cake by Charmaine Wilkerson, Mouth to Mouth by Antoine Wilson, The School for Good Mothers by Jessamine Chan, and Razorblade Tears by S.A. Crosby. I'll leave a link in the show notes to Obama's list in its entirety if you're interested in checking it out. And last but not least, the Justice Department is trying to stop Penguin Random House from buying Simon and Schuster. The sale, if it goes through, could affect writers and alter the publishing landscape. Oral arguments began yesterday in a federal court in Washington, and I will definitely be keeping an eye on this story. And now it's time for some paperback releases. This week, I am presenting you with four books, and I have read none of them. The first book is Heat Wave by Victor Justin, and this comes out on August 16th. This is about Leo, who's 17 years old. He's sitting in an empty playground at night, just listening to the sounds of the beach and music coming from parties on the beach. And he sees another very popular boy that he knows who strangles himself with the ropes of the swings. Leo panics at this sight, and instead of taking action to help him, he decides to drag him to the beach and bury him. This sounds incredibly dark, um, and it's about what happens after this inciting incident and how life just goes on all around him, even though he's dealing with this internal struggle of what he's done. It's sort of the premise sort of reminds me of maybe a Dostoevsky novel. And that is Heat Wave by Victor Justin. Next is The Human Zoo by Sabina Murray. And this is about Christina, whom her friends call Ting. And she's a Filipino-American. And she has just flown from New York to Manila in order to uh, escape her imminent divorce and also to start researching a biography she's writing about Timmy Chegg, who's an indigenous Filipino who was brought to America at the beginning of the 20th century to be exhibited as part of a human zoo. So this book explores her time in Manila and the political climate that's happening there and um, her integration with her family who lives there. Next up is Love in the Time of Serial Killers by Alicia Thompson. This is a romantic comedy, and it is about Phoebe Walsh, who is getting her PhD, and she's always been obsessed with true crime, and she analyzes this genre in her dissertation, which she is struggling to finish. She is spending the summer in Florida cleaning out her childhood home with her sibling, and she's mourning her father whom she hadn't had a relationship with for years and years. And she becomes convinced that her neighbor at her childhood home is a serial killer. And again, that is love in the time of serial killers. Doesn't sound so romantic, but it says it's a romantic comedy, so I'm going to trust that. And my final paperback coming out that I would like to read is Room and Board by Miriam Parker. This is about Jillian, who is a successful publicist running her own Manhattan firm, and she has finally made it 
amongst the elite who have eluded her throughout her youth. But then her career implodes, leaving her without a job, without friends, without a reputation. And she is offered a new job becoming a dorm mom at Glen Ellen Academy, which is a, I believe it's a made up prestigious Sonoma boarding school that she used to go to. So she leaps at the opportunity for a change of scenery. And that is Room and Board by Miriam Parker. I'll be back after this short break. I am so excited that I get to share information about today's sponsor with you because it's a product I actually use myself and believe in, Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I'm focused on my health this year, running, eating right, and putting things into my body that supports these goals. I'm not a fan of vitamins. They leave me with a terrible aftertaste. You know what I'm talking about. So what is AG1? It's a scoop of deliciousness containing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. It's now part of my morning routine and allows me to start my day off right. It provides me not only with the physical energy to get through the day, but also with the mental acuity I need for all of the novel writing, book reading, and instruction I pack into my day. AG1 is lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. With Athletic Greens, you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance, and for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And that is all for new paperbacks. I'm going to move on to today's book recommendations, all of which I have, in fact, read. If you're trying to squeeze in a quick read before summer's end, this might be the book for you. It's only 132 pages, but it really packs a punch. This is a hypnotic book about the swimmers who frequent a community pool. The swimmers keep to themselves, they do their laps, there are the type of swimmers who opt for the slow lane, and then a different type uh, swims in the medium and fast lanes, but they all make the most of this idea that swimming laps is a very individual activity. Until one day, a crack emerges at the bottom of the swimming pool, sending everyone reeling. They now have to find something else to do with their time, and it throws off all of their routines. The Fisher parallels what is happening in each individual swimmer's lives, but the focus then moves to Alice, who's losing her memory, and she is forced to confront her childhood in a Japanese-American incarceration camp. So again, the first half of the book is just so captivating and meditative, and then we're jolted by the crack and sent in a different, more focused direction, honing in on Alice and her story. This is a truly beautiful and poetic book that I recommend to lovers of language and readers who want something a little different. Reading this book was like staring at a masterful painting in a museum. I urge everyone who's interested to take the plunge. And again, that's The Swimmers by Julie Otsuka. Next is an older book called Await Your Reply by Dan Chone. I've talked about how I'm working on my very first suspense novel, and so I've been getting and reading 
recommendations from people. And this one came highly recommended from an editor. So I rushed out to buy it. It came out in 2009, which feels like so long ago. Um, And this story feels like a braided structure where you have distinct storylines that are all interrelated as the story moves forward. I love this kind of plot, both in books and in movies, because it makes the voyeur or the reader do a lot of the work. So in this novel, a man is looking for his twin brother who disappeared 10 years earlier. A second story is a high school history teacher who has run off with his former student. And in the third story, a young college student is mistakenly pronounced dead and decides not to correct that misinformation, curious about what they can now do with their life if everyone they love and know thinks that they're dead. So you think you're reading three very distinct storylines, but then they slowly start to move towards one another in really surprising and thrilling ways. Shown is such a master at tension that I definitely gasped out loud a few times while reading this novel. So if you're looking for an unpredictable and wonderfully written suspense novel that really makes you think, check out Await Your Reply, which is really hard to talk about without giving away any spoilers, but it feels like the equivalent of piecing together a puzzle. And again, that's Await Your Reply by Dan Chone. My next pick is The Woman in the Library by Sulari Genral, and this came out on June 7th of this year. The structure of this novel is also really interesting and very meta. It's a novel within a story, so it's also a tension-filled mystery. In this book, Hannah is an established Australian author of thrillers working on a book that takes place in the Boston Public Library. Leo is also a writer and living in Boston, and he is a very big fan of Hannah's, and the two have developed an epistolary friendship, where Leo offers through their correspondence encouragement, constructive criticism, as well as logistical advice, and he is specifically well positioned to aid Hannah with her novel in progress because he happens to do most of his own writing in the Boston Public Library, where her book takes place. So these letters are interspersed with Hannah's actual novel that she's writing, which centers around four library patrons working in the reading room of the library when they hear a terrifying scream. Someone has been murdered, and as it turns out, one of them is the murderer. So there's quite a bit to follow in the dual narration and the fact that the reader is aware that the main plot of the novel is a novel itself puts a little bit of distance between what might typically feel like a propulsive mystery. But if you like meta-novels such as The Plot or Agatha Christie-type mysteries, then this is a book for you. Thank you to Poison Pen Press and NetGalley for the advanced review copy. And again, that's The Woman in the Library by Sulari General. Next up is This Time Tomorrow, which came out on May 17th. And I am going to bill this one as the time travel book for readers who are put off by time travel books. So this maybe can be your gateway book to check out. In this novel, Alice is about to turn 40. She lives in New York City, and while she's mostly satisfied with her life, she's not without struggles, particularly centered around her father, who is unwell. He's in the hospital and was a famous author of this cult classic time travel novel. When Alice wakes up the next day, she's back in 1996, 
and it's her 16th birthday. She has her dad back to his old vivacious self and gets to relive time with him at his best, and she's able to digest her life in a new way with a 40-year-old's perspective. This was a really nostalgic and moving book, and yes, there's time travel, but really it's about the bond she has with her dad and the what if you could experience your parents when they were at their best and you were able to fully appreciate them and get a do-over with the things maybe that didn't go so well. It's really a love letter to her relationship with her father, which I found so moving and sweet. Emma Straub is the author of All Adults Here and other novels that I'm sure you've heard of. And she also is a bookstore owner. She owns a bookstore in Brooklyn called Books Are Magic, which I believe I recently read is opening a second location. And again, that is This Time Tomorrow by Emma Straub. My last pick this week is a recent release called Such a Good Mother by Helen Monks Takar, and that came out on August 2nd. This story starts off with a woman named Jenny who's trying to enter the gate code at the Wolf Academy for the school fundraiser as parents surround her, all waiting for her to open the gate. But she's really anxious with all the pressure on her to get the code right, and also maybe she's a little drunk. When she finally gets the gates open, she's the first one to lay eyes on the dead body in front of her. The parents seem more concerned about what a dead body discovered on their kids' school grounds will do to the school's reputation than they are with the dead mom herself, or the three kids that the mom leaves behind. The moms notice a small golden circle brooch on the dead woman's blouse, and now there's an unexpected opening at the inner circle of the Wolf Academy, and the moms are clamoring to take the dead woman's spot in what is known as the circle. We're taken to the outer circle, and we meet Rose, who's a prospective parent on tour for her son, Charlie. Rose is an alum at Wolf Academy who only really has awful memories of her time being bullied there as a student. She works at a bank and is an accountant, and it's this asset that really gets her son into the school and lands her a spot in the coveted circle. But are these moms really vying for what's best for all children or just their own, and how far will they go for their cause? Thank you to Random House and to NetGalley for the advanced review copy. And again, that's Such a Good Mother by Helen Monks Takar. Next up for me is Elsewhere by Alexis Shatkin. And don't forget to send me your very own recording of a book review if you'd like it to be played on this show. And if you're interested in trying your hand at some novel writing, you can sign up for my novel writing course. I'll be back in two weeks, and in the meantime, I hope you all have a wonderfully bookish week.